Hi, you're <laughs> listening to me. Hi, you're listening to Harry Reardon from the Authorised Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at VictorSmith197. Follow the Patreon, which is in the link below. Jump over to Facebook. Do all that sort of stuff. You can find us everywhere. I'll put the links down below. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Really good, actually. It's been a very productive day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I'm just going to quickly do the intro and then uh, we'll jump straight in. Is that cool? That sounds great. Okay. Right, you are listening to the Authorised Podcast with me, Harry Reardon. You can find us on Twitter at VictorSmith197. We're now on Patreon, so if you like the podcast and you want to support everything, every every little bit helps, you can jump down to the description and follow us over there. So thank you very much. Janessa, how's your morning been? Productive? What have you been doing? I've just been doing some video calls, cleaning the house, all those wonderful things you get to do during a pandemic. Absolutely. Long walks, staring out the window, missing pubs, that kind of thing. <laughs> Actually, I don't mind it because I had to really take a lesson in slowing down. So I think it's definitely been a blessing in a lot of ways. It's all about how you view it, right? Yeah, no, that's true. I, I, um, yeah, I don't feel like I've slowed down too much. I don't know if that's, uh, that's a bad thing or not, but it's all good. So tell us about your book. Yeah, um, so I started my book in April 2019 after I left school for my Bachelor of Education degree. So I realized I didn't want to teach the curriculum because it didn't really align with my own values. And I didn't think that I could teach kids something that I didn't necessarily believe in wholeheartedly. So I wrote a book um, about instilling values in students because I believe that a lot of students leave high school and they don't know who they are. And they're spending so many years of their life trying to figure out who they are. But what if we could change that in schools? Like maybe the curriculum doesn't change, but we change our approach to how we're teaching, like being able to teach values and not just specific values, helping students find out what's most important to them. What are their specific values and helping them dive into that self-discovery while they're in school? They're in there for 12 to 13 years. So why can't they figure out who they are along the way instead of being thrown into the world at 18 and wondering, oh my gosh, where do I start? How about we start with giving them tools to be able to find out who they are as they progress and find out what's important to them? Because you can filter your decisions through what's important to you when you know what your values are. Absolutely. That's such an interesting way of looking at it. I mean, we have a slightly different system over here. I'm not sure 100% the, the differences, but for us, it's more you pick the subjects that interest you when you're 14, 15, and that's what you spend learning so a lot of people start in one way and end up having to rechange that or go back to college or changing along the way so it's a really interesting way you've tackled it from finding that mindset I suppose what got you what what was the idea what what was the spark for you well, it's definitely really interesting because I've actually always been really passionate about school. So for me, I didn't have a great home life, but school was my sanctuary. So I loved my teachers. I adored them. I felt like I got everything I needed when I went to school. So when I was seven years old, I decided that I wanted to become a teacher. And I just knew in my heart that I always wanted to be able to help people in that way and just do for others what my teachers did for me. So I realized that um, once I went to 
post-secondary and I, w- I wanted to teach elementary, but I was taking a major in English and a minor in Spanish. So I completed all my courses for my minor in Spanish and I completed all of my education courses, but I wasn't allowed to have a degree unless I had my English major. But I wasn't going to be teaching any of the elementary students about old English or anything like that. So I wondered what was the point of learning some of these things if I was never going to apply it. So I decided that absolutely I had to make a change and that I would just take a different direction. That's fantastic. And how, how long has your book been out? Pardon? How long has your book been out? Um, it will be, it's supposed to be released this month, but we had some bumps with editing. So her computer completely crashed, unfortunately. <laughs> so we lost all of our progress. So we're going to finish Ooh. our edits and hopefully by next month it will be released. Okay. Oh, that's, see, that's one of those things that you, it, it happened to me as well. I, um, I released my first book two weeks ago and it wasn't a month before that the computer system completely crashed and I lost all my work. And we had to salvage from old emails and sort of cop- uh, like copies that had sort of been chopped up and sent everywhere and just sort of had to like, essentially put it back together like a puzzle. And I understand how frustrating that can be. I mean, that is really uh, it, I already hear that. Uh, it's, uh, it's absolutely horrible. It, it's not the first time it's happened. I think that's that's what was the the kicker. But I get it. I mean, yeah, when you have them sort of snags and them sort of problems, it's it's part of the experience, I think. <laughs> Maybe, you know, there are certain things that you're always going to come across. Right. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things that like sitting down to write, you think that's it. But it's not. There's there's writer's block. There's there's lots of things in between that I find myself doing where for me, I found procrastinating was the biggest thing or I would sit down, write a line, get up, make a coffee, sit back down, get up, make some food, you know, like you found yourself just doing these sort of things. But so, uh, yeah, so you're back on track now. Yes, definitely. I'm lucky because I saved all of mine in Google Documents, but they use um, Word documents and other programs. So she lost it all, but luckily I still have, like I have my main copy and I made sure to keep that specific copy. So that's something if it did happen, but man, that would, be really tough if that happened especially multiple times like her computers don't like it unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i know that feeling the uh i i do it in i try to do as many ways as i can now so i I save it on two files i do usb laptop and then i send it for an email as well like every few pages i'll resend it to myself in an email so i know it's always there i was not smart enough to think about google documents so that i might have to think about now yeah, it definitely helps, trust me. <laughs> oh, big time, yeah. I mean, I had um, I had one when I was a kid. I, that's what sort of got me wrote, wrote in. It's, it's been a long day. It's what got me writing. Uh, and I, I did this piece for two years. It was like a post-apocalyptic zombie story. And one of my family members, oh. absolutely annihilated it. And I just, I remember watching this two years worth of work just disappeared in this big blue spark and I never, I never went back and tackled it. Cause I just, it would be impossible. Yeah. I can but definitely so understand it, where you're coming from. I am one of those people who writes everything out by hand. So I've lost a lot of stories because I never typed them up. And now I do it every time. Like if I've written something, cause I like to write by hand anyways. 
So if I've written something, yeah. I make sure to type it up and just do it. So I can't imagine like, oh, that's terrible. Like, it's, I'm glad that you're still pushing through. Good for you. Yeah, I um, I, I don't know why. I might be a little bit, a little bit crazy. I'm not too sure, but I, I, I don't, I don't think I could write by hand. I think that's absolutely brilliant. I go back and rewrite and change lines so much that I don't think there's enough paper. <laughs> what makes you want? What what makes you want to do it like that by by hand? I've always written stories like that um, because growing up, I actually. Um didn't have a computer or anything so I didn't have any technology like we were pretty we were digitally impaired I think because we didn't know that wi-fi meant you could have your computer throughout your, your house so we got a computer when I was in high school and we thought you had to connect it to the modem so I just didn't have a computer so I wrote everything by hand and then um, I would go to my great-grandmother's house and I would try to type it out but it takes a very long time to type it out so now I actually I just voice type it and then I go back and if it's not perfect, then I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll edit it when I have to edit it. Like, I, I don't really get, um, I don't try to edit things right in the moment. I actually, I just write and write and write and write until I'm done. And then I go back. Yeah, that's, see, that's, that's what I do. Um, so I get into this habit where if I, one of the things I learn, I'll, I will structure the sentence properly. I can't speak, but I can write, um, is when you're on a roll, I don't stop to correct myself. So that means lots of spelling checks. But I will, once I'm at a place where I'm comfortable, I'll then go back and re-edit or I'll think of an area and I'll go, oh, okay, I can fit this here and sort of chop stuff up. But, um, yeah, no, you, by doing the voice thing, you save quite a lot of time as well because I, re I read something recently. It said that you, it's not finished until you've read it out loud. And then you know how it sounds. So if you're doing it voice to that, that must save quite a lot of time and make things a bit easier, I would imagine, though. Oh, it's so true. And luckily, um, I don't write at all the way I speak until recently. Yeah. I noticed that now that I'm when I'm when I'm voice typing, I'm able to just make changes in the moment and I save so much time. And I do this a lot with like messages and stuff like that because I just I get, I think too much when I'm trying to type out messages or things to people. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, where am I going with this? So if I'm, if I'm talking about it out loud, it kind of feels like it's still me and it's more uh, the tone that I would talk about something. So I like to do it that way because it saves time and it feels more authentic for me, honestly. It's really good. It's really good that you've got, you've got a system that is clearly working and that you can, can go through i mean everyone does this in such a different way i was talking to someone recently is one of the biggest things for me is music is mm. i i get inspiration and everything that i do comes from music like and i think some people have said something similar and other people have steer away as much as they can so it's great when you can see someone that has a very clear understanding of how they work things and do it in that sense are you thinking about, are you ever going to go back to teaching or not or jump in that field? Yeah, that's, that's such a great question. Um, so yes, Thank I still you. want to teach. I just don't want to teach the curriculum. So I actually have my own company and I'm working towards retiring by my either 24th or 25th birthday. And I'm on track with that because I just have amazing people in my life who have the results that I desire. A lot of them have retired young and just have what I want. In life. Oh. So I ended up just pursuing the right people, putting the who you know concept into effect. It's more about who you know than what you know. And I actually, I've always wanted to volunteer teach. That's been something I've wanted to do. I decided that in high school. 
So now actually having an avenue that I can apply myself to where I can actually step away from working for survival and step into building a life where I'm just adding significance to others and feeling like my life is just of significance instead of working for a paycheck and being able to volunteer teach is what I really want out of life. So yes, I will. Yeah. How does, how does that work? Retire in, uh, sorry, do you say 25? Hello. Hello. Hi. We um yeah we we cut off there so I can uh, so that would jump straight back in. So sorry, we finished off at retiring. Yeah, I'm going to be retiring by my either twenty fourth or twenty fifth birthday. And how do you what how do you plan on doing that? Like, what's the what's the steps? To- that's this is all new to me i've never i've never heard about that before yeah um, a lot of people can do it different ways so i know some people who have just saved a lot of money and they live the minimalist life uh that's not the approach i'm gonna take but i i just was able to really build connections with different entrepreneurs who have the results that i desire in life so a lot of them have retired in their early 20s and a lot of them in their mid 20s or mid 20s and mid 30s so I was just able to build connections, yeah. build some trust there and be able to get some different entrepreneurs to take me under their wings because sometimes different people are open to it. Sometimes they're not. It kind of just depends on what field you're in, what you're looking for, what kind of results you personally desire in your own life. Yeah. And then after that, then you'll go and volunteer, teach. Is that for is that unpaid or? Yeah, that, that would paid? be unpaid. Yeah, because I don't believe in just trying to survive in life. I believe that teaching is about adding significance to others. So if I'm constantly trying to work for a paycheck, I don't believe that I'd be able to make the impact that I desire personally. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I I get that. I completely get that. I um, I, 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 I follow sort of similar rules. So like the way you talk about school, for me as a kid, that was always boxing. So home you know like not very great so finding for me finding solid in a place like that mm-hmm. so I, I didn't have it at school but I found it through sports and now we uh, I run my own company where we use boxing and fitness to try and help the community in that way so teaching but just a different road basically yeah. but I love the idea of your mind your mindset there and doing that that's absolutely brilliant I like that you chose to do, I think that's where it comes back to values. You choose to do something that is valuable to you that really is on your heart. And then you can make an impact in that specific way because everyone has things that they look at and they decide, this is what I'm about. This is what I think will add value to others. And then you're able to do it. And we all are so different. So we can help in so many different areas of the world, so many different um, businesses or different ways in approaching helping different communities. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've always said it a similar way that it helped me so much as a kid that the knowledge and being able to pass that has always been a dream to do that. It was it was brilliant. It was, you know, in itself, it was just it it was just it was just a great feeling. And then we went into global lockdown and uh, everything changed. But for a moment, it was it was all right. So what's your plan? What's your plan after this book then? Are you, are you going to write another? Yeah, I actually have my second book written. 
which is kind of funny because I actually didn't write a second book. I wrote this whole book all in one and it was 20 chapters. And then I did some different courses for writing and kind of talked to some different authors to kind of understand how that world works. And they told me that my book was two books because I go into a whole different topic and everything in the second half of the book. And they're like, you might as well just make this into two books because this is way too long for a self-developmental kind of book. And I was like, okay, so I have a second book. Um, It definitely needs some heavy editing. And I have noticed that with my writing, it's definitely gotten better. And then I'm working on another book about control and a book about um, education. So just curriculum versus reality. Yeah, because there's um, things in, I feel like all school curriculums that, that there are things that could be changed and handled better as a way to get a better understanding of real life. I feel like they don't teach us enough about certain things like tax or adjust in certain ways. Does that make sense? No, it definitely makes sense. I think one thing I wish I had learned was I'd moved out at 15. So when I got an apartment, when I was about 18 years old, I didn't know how to apply for an apartment. I didn't know what you need to do. They don't teach you any of those specific things and everyone moves into their own place at some point. And some people don't have parents that can teach you that or people that they would follow in their footsteps and do it the way that they would. Sometimes you just don't have those role models. So I think we need a lot more of that in schools too. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent agree. I mean, there's, there's so many things that we sort of get thrown thrown out into the world unprepared for us when it happens. I feel like the way for me, it's the way people handle themselves I've worked in uh, a lot of places where they're very stressful environments. There's always shouting, screaming, there's always stuff being thrown. And we're not, a lot of people aren't taught how to control themselves when things like this are happening. So you end up in a very chaotic environment where it, it doesn't work and you end up with a lot of people feeling upset, jaded. I feel like even just the way people control their emotions, but it, everything down to that could be, could be handled better. Oh, I definitely agree. Um, I actually have a whole chapter about emotional regulation because a lot of people don't realize that you get to choose your attitude. It's actually funny. Um, and I'd love to share this because I work with many different kids as I work four jobs and three of my jobs are nannying for different children. So actually yesterday I was working with a four-year-old and I put this new system into place that I have experience with with other uh, children that have challenges like ADHD or anxiety or they're just really impulsive. And it's called um, green light, orange light, or sorry, green zone, orange zone, and red zone. So I put it into motion for this four-year-old because he's very impulsive. He definitely has ADHD. He cannot focus. He cannot follow what's going on. You have to catch his attention all the time. And I put it into motion yesterday and I realized that he doesn't have any emotional regulation tools at all. He doesn't understand how to work through his emotions. And so I just approach everything neutrally. So I never yell at him or anything. I never raise my voice. What? Cause he's just a little kid. He's, he's just excited yeah. or he's angry or he's feeling these emotions. And I end up speaking a lot of his emotions back to him. So one day he was really upset. And so I put him in his room and I let him calm down. And I always tell him, I'm like, we can't talk until you're calm because that's how people should approach life. You need to calm down first before you say anything that you could either hurt somebody or escalate things. So I put him into his room every time he's upset. And then when he's calm, I tell him he can come downstairs and we'll talk about it. And then I ask him, like, 
was your was your stomach angry or things like that like just verbalizing his emotions back to him until he tells me which one kind of makes the most sense for him because he's not able to communicate those things he's four years old but um he loves this this green zone and this orange zone and red zone because he gets to ask am i in the am i still in the green zone like and if he ends up going to the red zone i i communicate everything that happens so if you hit somebody if you do this you will go into red zone and then you have to earn your way back into green zone so you have to first calm down so you got to go take some time and think and then you need to either apologize to whoever you hit or whatever the scenario was and then you need to do something nice for either somebody or you need to clean up your toys or just earn your way back into it and make and it causes them to really think about how their actions affect others but also make them realize that they can repair those things as well. Absolutely. It's a fantastic way of looking at it. I think when you get angry, I've always thought when you get angry and you start shouting, for me, I always see it if you've, as you've immediately lost the argument. And I feel like with, if you sh- the same thing for dogs as well. I know dogs and children are very different, but if you start shouting and screaming, eventually you're not really saying anything. So it's a great way of handling it when you can step back, assess the situation and find a way to approach it the way you have. I think that's absolutely fantastic. No, I love how you talk. It's kind of like, um, yeah, it's exactly that. For kids specifically, there's a lot of uh, data out there that explains that when you start yelling, they only hear what you're, they only hear your tone. They hear that you're yelling at them and they kind of shut down. So I think animals are like that too. And I love that you said that because it's very true. And you I, um, the argument. <laughs> Yeah, oh, big time. I'm, I think I see it because I'm better with dogs than humans. But um, yeah, it's, it's literally that. If you're out in the street, or if, uh, I've seen it noticed that when you're, say, if you're driving and someone cuts you up or someone makes you angry, if they turn around and swear at you and you smile, the situation, most of the time, it de escalates or, yeah, it annoys them more. But if you both just start screaming at each other, no one's listening. So. Yeah, so when you step back and you, yeah, take a few breaths, understand what zone you're in, it's such a better way of handling things. And I feel like people, we need to better understand that. We need to find better ways of communicating rather than just being people screaming at each other because, yeah, no one's listening at that point. No, I definitely agree. It's true with kids. It's true with people. It's true with animals. So why don't we change it? (laughs) absolutely it's also really satisfying if someone shouts at you and you smile back i know <laughs> i know that's I know, I know that's an awful way of looking at it but if someone cuts you up and then they start swearing at you smile the most satisfying thing ever what's what do you touch on in um when you say about control well, i'm still working on that piece of work but a lot of um i've noticed for myself what i've really learned in this last year is that and like, I don't like saying this about myself, but it's true. I have a huge weakness in wanting to control everything. But in reality, I think most humans are like that. That's why we have schedules. That's why we have um, times. That's why there's clocks. We want to be able to control everything in life because the only thing that we, we can do in life is control what we can control and hope that the unknown isn't as scary as we think it is. But for myself, I found that control. I wanted to control everything in my relationship. I wanted to control everything in my family and how they relate to me and how I relate to them. But I realized over this last year was slowing down, even though it was actually sometimes it was very painful to slow down and really think about these things because 
you don't have the distractions of the world. Like I lost all four of my jobs once COVID hit. And I think a lot of people were in that same situation where they just were sitting with their emotions. And that's why a lot of relationships went down this year. That's why a lot of things uh, broke apart the way they did, because we don't realize that there are a lot of internal things that we have not dealt with when we don't slow down because we're distracted by work. We're distracted by going to the gym. We're distracted by maybe going to the pubs because life seems to be very distracting these days. But with COVID and everything, I think it can be a blessing or it can be a curse. So if you look at it as, okay, yeah, it's painful to sit through these emotions. For me, I had a lot of control issues and I realized that I cannot control this pandemic. I cannot control my relationship. I can only control how I approach it, my mindset, my attitude. I get to choose that. And a lot of people don't know how to work through some of those things. And luckily, like I have a lot of those tools, but I gain those from other people. So it hurts my heart that a lot of people have to work through these control challenges and they're not able to um, just dissect how that works. So I talk a lot about in the book, like how I'm a total control freak. (laughs) <laughs> and how I needed to let go of that control for my relationship to flourish. I need to let go of control in my family and build boundaries so that I could protect myself, but also realize that it's not my fault. My family's the way they are or the way they treat me. The only piece that I have in that is if I didn't set boundaries, then they treat me the way they treat me because I allow them to. But if I set the boundaries and they still treat me that way, then I have to set the consequences because that's the only thing I can control. I cannot change how they treat me. If they decide to yell at me, kind of like if somebody yells at you in traffic, you can't control that they're yelling at you. But like you said, you can control how you respond and you can smile and be like, you know what? It doesn't matter enough for me to yell back at them. So I think control yeah. is just so important, especially in this world we live in right now. Like so many people are feeling so upset about what's going on. And I totally can validate that. Like that's really, it's really tough to sit with all of our emotions but maybe we can find the good in it too and realize, hey, this is one piece I'm noticing about myself that I didn't realize before. And I need to change that so that I can have either more control or I can just have more peace without having to ha- try to control everything. So hopefully that Absolutely. answers the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very well. I think uh, that's the same. A big part of anxiety is not being able to control. I think it feels it's lack of control maybe or lack of control of the things that you don't know as well does that make sense no it makes a lot of sense it's actually funny that you talked about anxiety because and I'm not an expert on it or anything but there's this book and it's called the wisdom of anxiety and it's by Cheryl Paul and it's just amazing like it helps you change your perspective about anxiety because a lot of people myself included see anxiety as something that you need to push away like I should not be feeling this but we actually are supposed to feel some anxiety because Anxiety kind of tells you, okay, this is a fight or flight situation. So I need to recognize whether I need to fight or flight in this situation. And then sometimes anxiety just compounds because we feel like we need control or we're worrying about things we cannot control. And that's where anxiety that's not helpful comes in. But there's anxiety that can be really helpful. Like if you're feeling anxious about a deadline, it just means, okay, you got to, you got to put your foot down and you got to actually do it to complete it yeah. time so you're not making it worse for yourself in the end so depends on if you're looking at it as productive anxiety or unproductive where you're worrying about things that you cannot change that's yeah that's literally i saw a great um a great one i follow a guy called jocko willink who is a former soldier and now he does a he has a podcast and he's got if you ever get a chance to find just jocko willink good 
That's literally all it is. And it's just two minutes of his mindset. And he uses this technique where it's like, and I can't do him justice. I can't <laughs> replicate what he says, but it's if he talks about wanted or the promotion or, you know, uh, you went to the gym, but you couldn't do as much as normal or this. And when a situation of adversity comes around, he says, good, because it's out of your control, but you have an opportunity there to, to hit the ground running and to face what's in front of you. Absolutely. And the, yeah. And it's, it's a learning, it's, it's a learning thing when you have a problem writing or you get, when you get a writer's block or you, your editing goes wrong or you lose work or you're stuck, you now have a chance to better yourself because that's how you get better is through adversity. And I think that is a, a great way of looking at a situation. Oh, I definitely agree. Actually, I, I do know him, him. I've read one of his, he has a book that I can't remember who the other author is at the moment, but it's called Extreme Ownership. So that's why I had to work through a lot of that control stuff. So I love that you mentioned that because he's just a great resource. Like his mindset, I love when he yells at you when he yells at you and you're like, okay, <laughs> you're right. Like, you're right. I don't want to hear it, but you're, you're getting your point across and I, I better hear it if I want things to change. So I love that you brought that up. Uh, oh, it, it, it's one of those things that I will always, I will always go back to because I just think it like I've been there. I, I have a technique. So when I, uh, when me and my um, fiance, if we're out, we're running or we're at the gym or we're doing something and things get hard or you start to struggle I always use the same thing and I always say it's just one more round for me. It's just look at it like that. You're nearly there. Just got to keep going. So it's, it's how you tackle it. And I think it's the same thing with anxiety. I based my first book on anxiety. The, the idea and the, the thoughts being that you can't escape it. Now, the only thing you can do is tackle it. Not necessarily not by fighting it, but the way you do. So I describe it like a de devil on your back. It's always going to be there, but it's how you handle it. It's how you live. So that's what was the inspiration behind my first book. And uh, I think it just depends on your mindset as a person. Oh, I definitely agree. Wow. I love how you say that. I'm going to take that with me. You can't escape it, but you can choose how to tackle it. Absolutely. And uh, we should get that on a t-shirt. Okay. <laughs> yes. And right, so for everyone listening, where can they find your book when it comes out? Um, well, I do have an Instagram account. And it's called It Matters Rose. And then I actually have a website that should be coming up soon. So that would be on my Instagram account as well. Yeah, it's It Matters Rose. And yeah. Thank you very much. And it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I really hope when your book does come out, we can get you back on. Yeah, I definitely would really love that. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And uh, I shall talk to you soon. Sounds great. Okay. For everyone else, this has been the Authorised Podcast. If you want to support us, you can jump over to the Patreon, which will be in the link, and uh, or find us on Twitter or Facebook. Thank you very much. See you soon. Goodbye. You have been listening to the Anchored Podcast. Thank you for jumping on. You can find us on twitter at victor smith 197 we are also on youtube at the social distance in virtual pub and make sure you jump down give us a like give us a comment it's been an absolute pleasure thank you very much